0: Recorded live. Hey, how you guys doing? It's the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to our NBA recap show this week in the Association. Although. Finally, the playoffs have begun. Finally, we've gone through eighty two regular season games and we're getting into the playoffs, so it's really going to be more like last night in the association as we start to talk about some of these playoff games. Uh the music playing as in is Mob Deep. Uh my co partner in this process will explain why we picked that song. It's Will Stack. Will Stack's in the house.
1: What's up, What's up, what's up? We're starting with Mob Deep. Coming from 1995, QB's finest, uh, rest in peace, Prodigy. But you know we're playing Mob Deep as we talk about uh, the start of your ending. The playoffs is the start of a new sending new season, but it's going to be an ending uh, for some teams coming up pretty soon. So Mob Deep is going to open our show. They're going to close us out too. So 1995,
0: the start of your ending. Yes, uh, R.I.P. Prime G. I still probably had not gotten over that now that you said it. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably one of my, well, not probably, my favorite rap duo duo of all time. That's a whole nother podcast from a different time. Uh, let's get to this jump ball topic really fast. The playoff games are playing in the background. We have the Jazz and Oklahoma City, which just went to uh, the commercial break. But we're going to talk about the playoff games from last night and earlier today uh, and then a preview for the games that haven't been played yet. The uh, season's over, though, man. 82 games, is finally over. We're going to talk to you a little bit about each of the, um, uh, some of the postseason awards as they're starting to come up, and we'll deal with the first two, I would assume the most important ones right off the top, Uh Rookie of the Year and then the MVP. Uh, rookie of the Year has been a lot of controversy this week um, because uh, Donovan Mitchell wore an Adidas-sponsored sweatshirt uh, with the definition of rookie on it as the season was ending out and all of this drama between him and Ben Simmons. So who you got for rookie of the year? And is there a real controversy here? Uh, Yeah, it's definitely controversy.
1: I don't think there's a controversy with it being out of those two gentlemen. Those two definitely set themselves apart for first-year players uh, as they definitely led their teams to the playoff positions that they're in now. Uh, Beginning first with Donovan Mitchell, uh, 13th pick overall coming out of Louisville. You know, he was not supposed to lead his team. He was supposed to be a contributor. Uh, But after a strong summer league, he carried it right over into the regular season where Donovan Mitchell averaged 24-4. and Those are some outstanding numbers. Uh, Slam dunk champion during all-star break. Uh, He was uh, the man, the go-to guy when Utah needs a bucket uh the Jazz went to their rookie as their leader, uh Donovan Mitchell. And he definitely put them in the position that they're in, the fifth spot uh in the West, uh, thanks mostly to Donovan Mitchell. Then you got to look at Ben Simmons. You know, he was number one overall coming out of out of LSU, but he's been here for a couple of years, although he set out his first year quote unquote red shirt season, uh, where he is uh, playing in his first year where he averaged uh, nearly a triple-double, 16 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, had 12 triple-doubles as well as a triple-double in his first playoff game. Uh, He definitely became a team leader along with Joel Embiid. But without Embiid these last few weeks, Simmons has led the Sixers uh, to 16 straight to close out the regular season. And uh, he is definitely – as we mentioned with Mitchell, a leader, and not something you expect from your your youngsters on the NBA roster. But those two gentlemen definitely stepped up. But for my pick, if I were an NBA voter, my vote goes to the Utah Jazz rookie, Donovan Mitchell. He didn't have a red shirt year. He came straight out of Louisville, played in the summer league, took it over to uh, the regular season, and he dominated uh for the Utah Jazz for that and that alone if nothing else uh to me as he said a true rookie is and I think he is a true rookie uh Donovan Mitchell gets my vote for rookie of the year
0: uh yeah that's going to be hard for me uh to take him only because there's more success technically with the with with the Sixers uh I don't have any real controversy with the idea that he didn't play during his rookie year and he got, you know, NBA weight room, NBA food, NBA training for that red shirt year. Like, I don't really have a, a real issue with that, really. I mean, I, I know some people do, but I don't. I just think that their overall success um, kind of trumps that, although technically maybe he's playing with a much better cast of characters, especially his number two if he's not the number two himself with Joel B. So if your vote, if you had a vote, sounds
1: like you're leaning towards Ben Simmons. Hey, yeah. which is a either way, you, you you can't go wrong. You can't go yeah. wrong with either of these young men. They've definitely uh, not played like rookies, uh, neither one of them. But you know, definitely as you mentioned, if you think of Tony Kukoc, let's go back a few years when he came over uh, to join, join the Chicago Bulls. Uh, he was rookie of the year. When he came over, he had played overseas but never played an NBA season or was not even with an NBA roster. So that's a little different from Simmons, but still at least uh, he didn't have, like you said, uh, the access to NBA stuff for a year. He was not on the NBA roster for a year. He didn't get to travel with an NBA team like Simmons did for a year before he actually played. So um, I'm going to lead towards, like I said, Donovan
0: Mitchell is my NBA uh,
1: rookie of the year. Yeah, all
0: right. There's no real wrong answer here. But, yeah, I, I, I hear your side of it. The MVP is probably going to be one of the more interesting votes this year. Um you know, the the leader in the clubhouse probably would be James Harden. There's uh, chances that he probably maybe could have, should have won it last year. When Russ won it for average in a triple-double, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, LeBron is making that late kick. You know, Anthony Davis made a late kick as he leads his team to the playoffs. You know, it's it's an award that you could give to LeBron every single year, but just like Jordan, they won't give it to him every year, even though he's got uh, more MVPs than Jordan does. Is it going to be Harden, best team, best team, best record in the league? He's kind of due to, to win it. Or does maybe LeBron, you know, first time ever playing 82 games, come back and steal it at the end? Well, I think you made the point just uh, in that little segment
1: right there where you said you could give it to LeBron just about every year like they could have Jordan. But like Jordan, they didn't. And like LeBron, they won't. This year it will go to... James Harden and James Harden has had an outstanding year and take nothing away from him averaging 30, you know, 39 assists, you know, five rebounds. You, you can't do, I mean, that's outstanding statistically leading his team to the best record in the league. Yeah. He didn't play all 82. He played 72 out of 82, but he played some outstanding ball. Even when Chris Paul came over, a lot of people thought the quote unquote leader of the team would be CP3. James Harden said, no, this is my team, and he definitely showed why. Uh, so, James Harden will get the MVP this year. However, does he truly deserve it? I'm a lean. If I were voting again, I would vote for LeBron James for this reason. LeBron James had two different teams pretty much this year, and he led them both. The first one struggled out the gate; he kind of wrecked right at the ship. Then they had a little more struggles they trade. Then he has to get a whole new cast of characters back on board and leads them down the way probably uh, one of his best seasons ever. I think his best was his second year in Miami, but that's going uh, somewhere else. But LeBron still put up numbers, you know, 27, 9, and 9, 16 triple-doubles uh, in the season, Um Those are numbers you can't argue with. There was, you know, that uh, statistic going around where if you look at every uh, statistics, total points, total rebounds, total assists, total steals, LeBron leaves James Harden in all of those categories. Mm -hmm. However, I think James Harden, because of another reason, because he's due. You mentioned he may have, should have gotten it last year you know, kind of the Susan Lucci, if you will,
0: uh, when she was
1: up for up for an Emmy for umpteen years and she didn't win, and then the year she won, she probably shouldn't have won, but she was due. And so, you know, for that reason, I think James Harden will be uh, the NBA MVP this year. Not that he's not deserving, but is he the most deserving? Eh,
0: that could be debatable, but James Harden will be your MVP this year. Let it be known and stated um, that Susan Lucci has never been mentioned on any of the Brothers Comics podcast. <laughs> hey. And I mean, all platforms. If you can work Susan Lucci in, you must be doing something, right? Yes, that's right. And if you're under the age of 25, Google Susan Lucci. Uh, holy cow. Yeah, look, the one reason I might also lean towards LeBron is that this is also year 16. And you know if you can't be having your best statistical, possibly your best statistical year in the league at that many seasons in the league, it's just it's literally unheard of of what he's doing at his particular you know kind of age set. So um, I would lean that way too because you can give it to him every year. Hard is going to win it. I mentioned about the triple double. You know, Russ averages another triple double for this coming season, and he's not even in the conversation like at not all. Either.
1: He'll probably be fifth in the voting this year. Probably will go hard in LeBron, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard. Then you'll find Russell Westbrook, which is absolutely amazing, doing something last year that hadn't been done in 40 years. And then he does it again the next year. And yeah. you average a triple double. You know, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it's being well overlooked this year. He'll probably be fifth in the voting this year.
0: Yeah, so, all right. All right, let's get into this. Now, we usually break it down into four quarters. We're going to kind of kick it old-school style and go back into halves. We'll have the first half, second half. First half, we're going to talk Eastern Conference playoffs. Second half, we'll talk Western Conference playoffs. Um, and we'll go through the games that have already been played, and there's a couple of games. There's two, There's two games, one game currently going on, and then uh, I guess one more game that needs to come through tonight. All right. Yesterday in the Eastern Conference, uh, the 76ers, speaking of Ben Simmons, gets a triple-double. Uh, I I turned that game off actually when the Heat was actually winning, Um, and then I turned out and they wound up getting blown the hell out. Um, In the second half, they get blown out completely. Uh, Six or 17 straight games now going into the season. Embiid out still, maybe comes back for game two or game three as he's cleared concussion protocol. protocol. Can the Heat actually win a game in this series?
1: Well, i tell you, it's going to be very difficult, especially when the Sixers, you mentioned Simmons being dominant. But when you're getting 28 from J.J. Reddick, you're getting 25 from Marco Bellinelli. Uh, You know, when you get that type of shooting from three-point range, uh, they're going to be tough to beat by anybody. You know, the Sixers are rolling at this time, 17 straight games. Ben Simmons is definitely asserting himself. Uh, all over the court, offensively and defensively as well, too. Uh, so much movement by the Sixers, you know. Uh, you know, their coach is a, a disciple of of the San Antonio Spurs, and you could see some of that Spurs-type movement in their offense, and that ball moves from side to side, in and out, and they definitely uh, get the open shot. And if they are knocking down threes like they were yesterday, uh, the Heat uh, can be ready to roll in four, and they'll be gone fishing. Uh, they uh, don't really stand a chance. My question will be, if or well, when MB comes back, will MB throw the rhythm off? Because he'll mm-hmm. change up the offense. You know, yeah. there'll be more low post touches. Yeah, he shoots some threes here there, but uh, will his post presence? Uh, kind of clog things up, which they don't have that now, and the middle is wide open for those uh, cutters uh, will indeed uh, change the rhythm a bit. That's what I'm
0: curious to see. But as they're going right now, the Sixers are absolutely rolling. And yeah, Ben Simmons, I mean, literally can't be stopped to get to the basket. It's almost LeBron-esque, you know, and his ability to kick out to those corners uh, to people to hit those threes. And uh, last night, just watching the highlights, it's like, I mean, he's just getting to the basket. Any of you don't get anybody in front of him, he's going to dump two hands on you anyway. So I mean, when that kid develops a jump shot, he's going to be scary good, um, and he's pretty good right now.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's a dominant player. That jump shot—I don't know if he's going to shoot a right hand or the left hand. Who knows? But, <laughs> he might um, not either. <laughs> he's he's a, he's a unbelievable talent, and he's his game is still growing, and not to mention. Uh, or not to forget, I should say, you know, Markel Fultz, who Mm -hmm. got out most of his uh, rookie year after being the number one overall selection. He's starting to come on right in the nick of time, right during playoff time. He gives them an athlete in the backcourt that they don't have without him. So, um, you know, watch out for Markel Fultz playing uh, big dividends for the Sixers in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. No doubt.
0: Uh, the Raptors yesterday beat the Wizards barely. Uh, a lot of pregame talk is that the Raptors were treating this game like um, it was a <laughs> like it was a game seven, and it was the first game of the series. I think they were owing some ridiculous stat of uh, games of losing the first game in playoff series. Uh, they struggled out a win against the Wizards in Toronto last night. Almost had Drake gave him a heart attack. Uh, you still can't trust the Raptors' number one seed. Yeah. Guy.
1: Number one seed in the East uh, probably should have lost that game. You know, Washington yeah. has to win. It has to win a game where uh, Toronto uh, only gets 17 from Demar Derozan, and only gets 11 from Kyle Lowry. You know, that's the game Washington has to win. But then they only get nine from you know somebody like Otto Porter. So you know that's somebody they need to step up. So, but that's a game Washington has to win uh, when you got the stars of the Raptors playing well below their all-star levels. That's one you got to take advantage of. They didn't, and that's going to put them in a hole because you know erosion's going to get going. Uh, Lowry's going to chip in. So that's going to make things more difficult for Washington. Uh, they, it was a good ball game um, down the stretch, though. you gotta, you got to take care of the ball, and uh, Washington did not do so, and Toronto was able to capitalize.
0: Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how that turns out uh, overall. Um, I, I really think that Toronto's putting an inordinate amount of pressure on themselves to win this series. Um, and I think, you know, Washington, you know, they got John Wall. They really have no answer for that or or Bradley Beal. And if they can play those two even, if they can play, the, you know, the Rosen and Lowry even, you know, I think, I think the Wizards actually got a real chance of actually winning that series. Uh,
1: I'm going to have to disagree. I don't think they have – they they don't have enough – I don't think John Wall is still quite healthy. You know, he doesn't have the burst that John Wall is known for. You can see uh, – you don't don't see it off the dribble. Um, and even on the defensive end, uh, he's fighting through it like a pro should. However, I just don't think he's quite healthy yet. Um, I think the will get it going, and that's going to be uh, tough. Uh, for Washington to stop once he gets rolling. But the pressure that is being put on uh, the Raptors by themselves, by others, may not get them this series. But going forward, uh, it might cause some problems. Yeah, no doubt. Okay.
0: All right, and getting into today's games, the afternoon tilt, uh, the early start is the Celtics at Bucks. What a game. I watched it with my son. uh goes into overtime. The Celtics wind up winning that game. uh. Um, much like the team that we're gonna talk about in the east when we get to or the west when we get to the Pelicans. I don't think anybody wanted to play the Bucks because of the Greek freak. Uh and they almost pulled that game out in Boston.
1: Yeah, they almost pulled it out. They uh kinda of jumped out um, you know, early, had some good good stretches, uh, but the Celtics will be in every game they play. They play good team defense. So they'll be around and then they'll get a hot player just like uh, Terry Rozier, he played Kyrie-like, filling in for Kyrie down the stretch, hitting some big buckets. And the young guns, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, are paying big dividends as they're growing up in front of our eyes. So, you know, even hey, Al Horford chipped in with 24. He's showing why he was an all-star. So, you know, minus Kyrie, other guys are stepping up. That's what you need when your star goes down. But any time, you know, I, I'll put Boston as the best team, you know, and I mean team as in how they play together as a team, balanced, scoring, solid defense. They're going to be in every game, so you got to really beat them uh, down a stretch. And Milwaukee had a chance, uh, but they let this one slip away.
0: Um, it's Because the game went to overtime, it's not going to get talked about as much, but Rozier's step back three had Bledsoe on absolute roller skates <laughs> at the end of at the end of regulation. They hit that ridiculous shot to send in in overtime, but Whew. Bledsoe wasn't if, close.
1: <laughs> if that
0: that if that wasn't Kyrie F, yeah. you know,
1: I, I'm not going to say Kyrie taught him that, but I could swear that was ty- that was Kyrie against the Warriors a couple years ago in almost the same spot on the court. Uh, That's Terry Rozier uh, really elevating his game, at least in game one, uh, versus the Bucks.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not going to be in Bledsoe's highlight reel ever. Um, Lord. All right, so, yeah, they pull it out in overtime, so they go up 1-0. And then the afternoon game today, or the mid-afternoon game, the Cavaliers uh, and the Pacers, and uh, LeBron James, possible MVP, hits a tri- gets a triple-double, but the Cavs get absolutely worn out by the uh, by the Pacers. It was close late in the second half where they got it down to six. They wind up, I think, losing by 14 uh, or 18. Uh, whew, but the Cavs didn't look like they were ready to play.
1: Uh, the Cavs came out very slow, very lethargic. Uh, and you got to give the Pacers credit for, you know, jumping out. You know, they played some great ball. Early Victor Oladipo, probably he should win the award for most improved player from last year to this year. Definitely elevated his game. Again, why he was an all-star this year. Um, He showed why in game one uh, versus the Cavs. The Cavs always have trouble uh, with the Pacers. They hadn't won in Indiana and, you know, several, LeBron had one in Indiana in several years with Miami or uh, with uh, Cleveland. So when they get to Indianapolis, there might be some problems there. For some reason, whatever, the Cavs have trouble. And uh, we saw that today. Lance Stevenson, uh, you can give him some credit. He definitely gets under some skin. Uh, either in a good way or a bad way, even as they pointed out on the broadcast today. But he played some good ball, especially early in the first half, where he gave the Pacers a great stretch to help them uh, push their lead out. So, uh, hey, the Cavs are in trouble. uh, You don't think they're going to shoot threes uh, like they did today. You know, they had a very uh, poor percentage only hitting. J.R. Smith seemed to be the only one uh, making threes um today and you don't think they're going to shoot like that all the time but um uh, if they do
0: they're in trouble some of the defensive deficiencies that they had during the course of the season off also came up uh not challenging out on shots uh like beyond the three-point line as well and then their ability to defend the pick and roll at times is suspect you would think that you know playoffs effort or whatever but think about it like this too that new team that LeBron is bringing to the playoffs, many of those dudes don't have any playoff experience. And so definitely that, that's going to be an issue as they move forward. Even if they get out of the East, it's going to be an issue.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, and even though the Pacers aren't a team a lot of people know about, they have some veterans on their team. You know, Darren Collison, he's in his ninth season. You know, Victor Oladipo, he was a number three overall pick a few years ago. You know, they do have, you know, that Thaddeus Young. Uh, you know, he played some big uh, minutes for the Sixers uh, a few years ago as well. So they got some some players, Lance Stevenson we mentioned. So they got some veteran players that have been in some playoff series. Uh, so, you know, can't sleep on these Pacers. They jumped out and they want to know, hey, uh, we don't care if LeBron's the, the king or whatever. We're here to – to
0: take his throne, at least in this series. Well, you know, what's all going to drive all the sports talk tomorrow. You know, are the key, you know are the Cavs dead? or LeBron dead? You know, I mean, again, yeah. it's an early round playoff series. If it was best of five, I would be worried if I were a Cavs fan. But I can't see the Pacers beating LeBron four games.
1: Oh, uh, I will bet on LeBron, too, that uh, you can't beat him four times. At least the Pacers can't beat him four times. But, um... Not a great start by Cleveland
0: in game one,
1: but uh, they'll come ready to play
0: game two from the opening tip.
1: Can't fall behind early.
0: Yeah. Let's get into the second half and jump into these Western Conference playoffs again. Oklahoma City and the Jazz, uh, I think it's 54-48 Oklahoma City uh, going into halftime. Uh, The Champs opened up the playoffs yesterday uh, with a blowout win of the Spurs, Uh, Spurs team who looked uninterested and a little bit in disarray themselves. Um, There's going to be no Steph Curry for this entire series. Does it even matter? Uh, No, not in this case. It doesn't
1: matter. And the reason it doesn't matter is because of who else is missing, that being Kawhi Leonard. You know, no Kawhi Leonard for uh, San Antonio, uh, I think will mean a quick exit for the Spurs. And, you know, even speaking of Popovich after the game, uh, you know, where will or when will we see Leonard? He said, ask his people. Uh, there's yeah. obviously some some problems, you know, behind the scenes with uh, the agents of, of Kawhi Leonard and the, the brass of the San Antonio Spurs. There's a problem there. And without Kawhi Leonard, you don't have, A, that true offensive threat. B, you don't have that defensive presence uh, that can give KD some trouble. So, uh, for both ways, uh, the Spurs are in trouble. I think uh, the brooms will be out probably
0: for uh, the Warriors uh, against the Spurs. Yeah, got to give the Warriors their props, too, for coming out. Again, they ended the season, I think they were, uh, I think, four and ten in their last 14. I mean, just something ridiculous, something that we're not used to in the last three seasons. as They're setting, you know, win total records. Uh, but they probably got that button that they can turn on and turn off and yesterday it was turned on for sure.
1: Yeah, the the, my, the absence of Steph Curry won't come into play uh, in, in this series. However, going forward, if uh, Steph Curry is out for an extended amount of time, the second round could possibly be a little different story,
0: um, but I think they'll make quick work of San Antonio in the opening round. Yeah, and get that extra couple of days or whatever off uh, for his knee to heal up. All right, um, the Pelicans. Last night, uh, Besides, they joined the Cavaliers today as the only team to win on uh, – excuse me, the Pacers is the only team to win on the road. They go into Portland, uh, beat the Trailblazers in a really entertaining game as well. We said this, and we've been saying it. Man, nobody's going to want to play the Pelicans. Wherever they were going to land, that was going to be a hell of a out trying to get Anthony Davis out of the playoff.
1: Yeah, whenever, have you, whenever you have a player like Anthony Davis, you know, it's going to be tough. He's going to be tough to beat. However, you know, they did what Toronto or excuse me, what Washington didn't do. You know, Washington didn't take advantage, didn't take advantage of a, a poor performance from DeRozan and and Lowry, but New Orleans did take advantage of a poor shooting performance from McCallum and, and Lillard. You know, when Damian Lillard goes 6 for 23, you don't think that's going to happen very often. McCallum went 7 for 19, that's not going to happen very often. But, you know, New Orleans took advantage of their poor play, and they snuck out a win up in uh, Portland. So you got to give credit to AD. You know, he definitely led 35 and 14. But big ups to Rajon Rondo. Yeah, Where did he come from? He played, uh, you know, old Celtic Rondo-style 17 big assists. You know, and when he can lead the team, you know, he causes problems when he gets in the lane, and uh, he just out 17 assists. You know, again, Miritich, since he came over from the Bulls, Nikola Miritich, you know, filling in for Boogie Cousins, a different type of player, but he is,
0: uh
1: you know, definitely added something to this Pelicans lineup.
0: Yeah, I was watching the pregame show on, I guess, ABC or uh... ESPN, I'm not really sure, the one that um, is with Paul Pierce, uh, Jalen, and uh, Big Shot, and they were talking about uh, – Paul Pierce was saying, like, yeah, you know, there's, play, there's regular season Rondo and there's playoff Rondo. And, you know, he's not really going to get himself up for 82 regular season games. But when you get him into the playoffs, and they were talking about how close that they were to getting Boston out of the playoffs last year or two years ago when the, you know, uh, when the Celtics – or when the Bulls almost got the Celtics out of the playoffs. You know, I mean had he not gotten hurt, you know, they had to the sell absolutely reeling uh in the playoffs last year. So, you know, he's just gonna turn it on at that time. If he gets into the lane, his ability to have, you know, one handed scoops is uh unearthly and his ability to make those shots. So yeah, uh I think Portland might be in a little bit of trouble.
1: Yeah, he brings some championship pedigree to New Orleans that um, you know, nobody on the on the Portland side has, so you know, he has something uh, over the Blazers. You know, I expect Damian Lillard to to come back in game two. Uh, he won't have a subpar effort two games in a row, so you can expect him coming out blazing, uh, no pun intended. But, uh, you know, New Orleans, uh, you know, deal what they were supposed to do, steal one on the road. Now can they steal two, uh, which would be great
0: going back uh,
1: to New Orleans.
0: Yeah, this is kind of awesome. There's that step back. Woo. All right, <laughs> they're showing highlights on TNT, good grief. Um, yeah, the uh, one of the things that we know from being long-time NBA playoff watchers is that, you know, teams that do win game one on the road, uh, the home team comes back and you usually get some ugly game twos, and I mean just absolutely ugly blowout wins, whether that team is satisfied that they sn- stole one or the other team just ramps up the intensity to take you know to take game two sometimes those game twos can be very ugly for the uh, the visiting home team or the visiting team. Well, the two teams that did uh, steal home court, at least in game one,
1: they better look to get two, because if they're satisfied with getting one, that would be a mistake, especially the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, uh, if agree. The, Pacers, the Pacers come out and lay an egg in game two, that's not going to be any good leading into any momentum going back home to Indianapolis, but you know, the New Orleans, I think, you know, they they come out, hey, try to get two, but they should be uh, very happy uh, taking one in Portland. So if they, they play well in game two but lose, I think they'll be okay uh, going into game three. But I think it's more important for the Pacers to try to get two uh, more so than the Pelicans. But, of course, I'm sure both teams would love to take two on the road.
0: Yeah. As we get into the games that are, like I said, currently on, Utah and Oklahoma City, you know, who you got either tonight and this series moving forward?
1: Well, Oklahoma City, uh, again, has uh, some, you know, some leaders. They have three, uh, you know, probably future Hall of Famers, as it probably is, um, you know, with uh, Westbrook, Carmelo, and uh, PG-13. So I expect those guys to lead. You know, Utah, uh, they had a great season. You know, again, Donovan Mitchell, Uh, My rookie of the year, you know, Ricky Rubio, even playing great of late, Uh, you know, Rudy Gobert. They, you know, got some great pieces, but they probably just don't have enough to win a seven-game series, uh, especially if they fall uh, in game one. I'd be very surprised if they get more than one. You know, I expect to see OKC win five.
0: Okay. Uh, Tonight, the late game zip off is the Timberwolves traveling to to Houston. uh, They get Jimmy Butler back, first time in the playoffs for the Timberwolves since 2004, led by Kevin Garnett. That's amazing that that happened that long ago. Uh, Can they even make it a series? You know,
1: I think they can. You know, I think Minnesota, you know, they they have youth on their side. Uh, You know, guys such as, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, this is new territory for him in the playoffs. Uh, you got Jimmy Butler coming over from Cleveland. He'll be a leader, you know, him and uh, Jamal Crawford will be expected to lead, uh, but then, you know, you got Wiggins, you know, still new new territory for him too, so uh, look for Minnesota to give uh, some nice games. I, I don't think, again, they they don't have enough, but Here's the caveat for the Rockets. You know, you win by the three. Do you die by the three? If they have an off shooting night, they have an off shooting night. Can the Timberwolves steal one? That's the type of game they have to take. So, you know, what Houston has to be ready for if they're not shooting well from three, what else can they do? Uh, That's when you see true championship uh, caliber team when you win, when you don't play your best.
0: I'm moving Oklahoma City to can't trust it territory. I read some stat yesterday, or maybe I was listening to it on there, that that team adding Mellow and adding PG-13 mm-hmm. only won three more games than they did last year without those two dudes. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, they've they've been streaky all season. Could they get on a run, you know, run through Utah like this? I definitely don't trust them on the road for any games, even though Russ is really the ultimate trump card. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see if Melo can show up for you know meaningful playoff games, which hasn't necessarily been his um his strong point.
1: Well, he hasn't had anything meaningful to play for the last couple of years <laughs> in New York. Uh, you know, so this is uh, you know the new season, and you know these guys, yeah, they were brought over. You know, they played the 82 games, the only three games improvement, as you mentioned. But these guys were brought over for this time of year, for the playoffs. This was the time that they need these guys to elevate. So uh, forget about the regular season now. It's, uh, it's a new season, and that's when they want these, uh, you know, Hall of Famers to be to step up.
0: All right. So let's hit the wrap-up here. Uh, any team you think who's the most danger of losing game two and losing home court advantage? Of the teams that have won, who do you think is the most dangerous? Like this playoff schedule uh, we talked about on the previous podcast is so ridiculous. You know, where they take so many days off between games one and two, and then between two and three is almost like a spring break in between there. But who do you think is most in danger of losing home court in game two? Well, of the teams uh, that that
1: won in, in the first game, you know, I would say Boston would be uh, of those teams would be the team in most jeopardy. You know, whenever you're playing against, as we mentioned with Anthony Davis, whenever you have a talent like Antetokounmpo, you know, he could go off at any time. And, you know, he is getting a little help from Bledsoe, uh, from Parker, from Middleton. So, you know, those guys, uh, can elevate their game, so Boston could be in some trouble. They better be ready for Game Two. But on the other hand, you know, Cleveland better they better step it up in Game Two. So, uh, they they did not look well today. They they were lethargic at the start. They had a little spurt in the third quarter, um, but it was too late by then. You know, they got to come out ready to play. Um, they better win game two because to come back
0: from 0-2, that's going to be tough against these Pacers. Yeah. I think, uh, again, I just don't trust them. Toronto could easily go down. They should have probably already been down one game. Uh, let's see if they take the foot off the gas and, like, woo, we finally got the monkey off our back in one, round one, and let's see if, you know, if the Wizards can come back and, you know, maybe steal game two from them before they head back down to Washington. No. So.
1: Yeah, they yeah you you can't trust them. I, I'm a I'm gonna <laughs> give them a pass in on round one, but after that, they they really go into uh, I'll call it public enemy mode, where you definitely yeah. can't trust them. So can't trust them. Um, yeah, there's no no question. Um, the, the the Raptors they had, they earned the number one seed. Now they just got to play like it. So let's see what they got. Can they elevate their game uh, when they need it the most? So playoff time is when. When stars are made, so is the Rosen ready? Is Lowry ready uh, to become superstars as opposed just to all stars? So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, goats are also made, and not necessarily the greatest of all times in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, and Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Lowry has worn that—you
1: know—he's <laughs> yeah. worn that label a couple years so. Yeah. Uh, he's the one to me that needs to avoid that label for the Raptors to continue. So we'll yeah. see what happens out west. I don't see, uh, you know, I think all the home teams uh, will continue on again. Golden State, I don't think, will have any problem. Uh, Houston will get some some good games uh, for Minnesota, but I don't think uh, Minnesota will, will win. Um, you know, again, if anything, you got to watch out for New Orleans because. Uh, you know, Portland better come back with game two. Um, with more fire early again than um trying to rally late. So uh let's see what happens uh, going forward. But I this this is the time of year uh which is, is really exciting, you know. This season the off season was great, the season had a lot of ups and downs and now this postseason should be outstanding going forward. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh Nice to be able to catch basketball, you know, especially on the weekends where you get those early start, midday start, early evening, and then the late game. It's uh, just a, a feast of basketball on the weekends. During the week, mm, a little bit tougher, especially for us working folks. But that's what I was saying about our upcoming recording schedules. We were trying to record once a week, and we were pretty good about that And some things happened. But, like, on this one, we're going to kind of have some quick hitters for y'all when we record, you know, kind of the, you know, because we're really only talking about a couple of the games here. So you'll try to get a podcast in, and we'll try to get in every couple of nights and just kind of go over the the action, as it were. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really about it. Um, yeah. All right. So remember, this podcast will be found on the Brothers Comics Network, uh, find a show, find your life. Uh, it's one of many shows there. Uh, you can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, uh, uh, I can't remember them all, Stitcher, all of that. You just search Brothers Comments. you'll be able to find the podcast. Uh, that's that. Uh, where can they find you, Will Stacks?
1: Uh, find me, Will Stacks. That's at Will Stacks on Instagram. Uh, spread the word of this weekend association. Tell your friends if they're NBA fans, this is the show. They want to listen to. You can also find me at Mister Waters seventy seven on Twitter. Give me your thoughts, some ideas on the show moving through the playoffs, some things you want us to talk about. But this is the NBA podcast you want to listen to as we go through the
0: NBA playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. And it's going to put some pressure on you because we're going to need to come up with songs of the week. Uh more quickly. <laughs> you're going to have to have multiple songs of the week. So, you know, you have to dig into your uh, discography and figure out what song you're going to be playing for these podcasts.
1: Yeah, I've been steady in the 90s. I'm going to have to reach back in the 80s there a you bit, go. Uh, bit to uh, to steady that. But uh, I'm sure I can find some songs. But uh, Mob D playing us out today.
0: Yes, Because is. it's
1: the start of the ending for some teams in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: And also one of our – I I forgot to put it in the notes, but like one of our better features or one that talks about a lot is our, you know, best player you're in the – for teams like history or whatever. We didn't get that in, but I'll get it in this week as we start to recap some of these. Um, But, yeah, I forget what team we're on. Uh, Uh, Two players Minnesota and Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. uh, uh, Philly will be interesting. Uh, Minnesota not so much, but not so Philadelphia much. will be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that'll be good. Uh, Philly will be really interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think
1: I think we can go ahead and say uh, Kevin Garnett best. Kevin
0: one. Garnett, yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, is, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and even if we get to the second best one, uh, psh, uh, a, is it Steph? Yeah, uh, I mean,
1: Stephon Marbury, yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah Ryder. Yeah, uh, boy, Matt Mitchell, <laughs> yeah, any of those, yeah. um, but yeah, no question, Kevin Garnett's best player. Yeah, Kevin Garnett, Garnett hands down.
0: All right. So as the infamous Rob beat plays us out, uh, yeah. So again, share this podcast. Again, one of our most listened to podcasts every single week. Uh, the numbers are always impressive. So share, listen, subscribe. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, well, I'm about to check the rest of this game here and see if uh. The Jazz can steal home court from Oklahoma City because they're my pick for somebody that might lose game two if they wind up losing tonight. Will Stax has confidence in Russ. So Will <laughs> is out. Baby. All right. Peace. And Russ, we trust y'all. Take it easy. Peace.